Hey everybody, and welcome back to the Marketing Blender Show. I'm Dacia. And I'm Daisy. Now today, we are talking about how marketing can actually help your talent attraction and your recruiting. And I love this because this is an area that our clients have been bringing to us and where we've really evolved over the last several years naturally. But you know what? It makes so much sense because if you decide that you are going to scale aggressive revenue growth, eventually you need more talent to keep up with that. And especially in a competitive market. Wow. And one of the things that we see, especially for mid-market companies is who's going to own that. I mean, we're not talking enterprise clients that have huge talent departments. So who owns this problem when you either have high churn or you cannot attract the talent that you really need and want in order to maintain that excellence. So I love this topic. I think people are surprised to hear CMOs talking about this. That's true. And to the point of having those mid-market companies that are facing that talent crunch, you know their HR departments can't handle one more thing right now. That's right. Great point. They're so busy keeping up with the growth and the compliance and the changes and the complexities in the landscape that yeah, that's a really difficult thing to navigate the entire experience. Also, HR has its specific areas of excellence around employee engagement, learning and development, and they're usually not actually experienced with the selling side of things. And if you are doing aggressive talent acquisition, you are marketing and selling your talent brand or your employee employer brand to the market. And that is something that marketing people know how to do. I know. And I'm hoping some people watching are like, talent brand? What? Recruiting brand? Yes. You know, and that there is a brand promise for your internal customers, which are your employees or future employees as well. And that's the thing about a CMO talking about this is marketing is human communication. Culture has a lot to do with human communication and internal communication and recruiting human communication. And so of course it makes sense for marketing to be complementing HR in expanding that brand and that approach to the market in order to add to your resilience, which is what we talk about when we talk about one of the levels of marketing return on investment. So, okay. So people, you guys should be surprised or not surprised. I mean, by where we start, we start with talent personas, who is going to fit in your company? Who are they as human beings with psychographic profiles so you can talk to them in a way that they respond to? When you're looking at your talent personas, you're going to find that they fall into a number of different categories. Sometimes it's based on where they are in their career path. Are they looking to really grow and change and evolve throughout that experience? Or are they looking for a safe, stable place to be? Or are they looking for the place that they're going to prepare for retirement. So that's one area that you can look at when you're starting to differentiate your talent brand messaging to different personas. You also need to think about the personality types that fit well within your business. When you're talking about building a talent brand, a lot of it is around tribal marketing, and that doesn't have to do with demographics or anything like that. It really has to do with who shares those interests, those passions, and that personality with your company. So they're going to feel at home really quickly. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, whether it's the winning attitude or certain character profile or a certain, there's a lot of companies that have specialists where they have to have certain certifications or abilities. You're right, these can come in a variety of different approaches, but there is typically a commonality behind that personality where they will resonate. And so then that's where you apply it to the messaging. So you guys, your messaging includes how your job description reads. What's the first sentence of the post that you have out there? When they're hitting your website, do you have a page about careers and where they can go with you and how you treat people and what you believe in so that they can understand, wow, these are my people and I really feel like my skills and talents will be appreciated here and I'll be able to grow here. Because I get it that there are a lot of people are saying the world is changing, it's hard to find great talent, but no person ever showed up at work one day with a new job being like, I hope I suck at this. I hope they just can't stand me. <laughs> That's not true. And so if you start with messaging that really connects because it's true about you and it's true about them, you're already starting to set something up. Now we both have a number of clients also where social media is not for prospective customers, but actually it's their repository, their most important area for really communicating their culture and for their talent attraction and validating what's happening. So talk a little bit about how that's evolved. So first, here's the truth. If you have any social media presence, whether it's targeted at your customers or at your future employees, everybody who's considering working for your company is going there. So if you show one face to your customers and a different face to your employees, that is not going to fly well in social media. You need to have the things that are true about your brand expressed everywhere, especially when it comes to your values and how you treat people. So that being said, social media is one of the best places to communicate about the culture of your company. Ideally, that's not only going to attract the right customers into your network, but also the right employees, the right people to refer new employees into your network. And it's a fantastic place to showcase your existing talent because the way that you treat your employees on social media, you, the way you engage them, the way you help them become brand ambassadors for your organization, that's something that you can communicate very effectively on social media. And it's the kind of thing that people can see and resonate with and believe and be attracted to. So they're more likely to choose your organization over your competitors. Absolutely. and. It does not matter if we're talking about hourly employees or salaried employees, everyone is checking you out in your social media. But the other place that they're going is to Glassdoor. Now with marketing, everybody understands the importance of either reviews or customer testimonials or references. We all, that is the normal environment that we all live in, whether it's the sales point of view or the marketing point of view. But guess what? Those are true for talent attraction as well. And you would be surprised how many people have never read those reviews. And if you don't know where you're at, then you can't speak to that honestly, and you can't change it because you are basically having snipers out there just totally distracting your best future people. And it's just like in marketing with positioning, you cannot tell the market they're wrong. You could say, oh no, no, you cannot say, oh, you misunderstand me, or that's not a real position. You always in positioning have to start with where the market believes you are and speak into that. And man, if you have not been managing your talent reputation online, 
you have to know what you're up against and you have to start there and then have conversations about how do we address that? Can we have employees start putting good reviews out there if it's culturally appropriate and if you've been good to your people, because this is supposed to be true. <laughs> yes. But it's just a really, really important aspect. And I've been amazed when we've done this. Now, just like with our regular personas, we do voice of the customer. It's amazing to do voice of the employee. And of course you add competitive research to that, which includes looking at these. And so often leadership had no idea that there were 33 super ugly things being said about them in highly visible places. And that was, you know, causing harm for them. That's true. It's very, very common for us to work with businesses that have no idea that they have Google reviews. They're, they're B2B and they're national, so they don't think about the things that local businesses do. And they don't realize that there are customers or former employees who've been leaving reviews for them. No one's ever responded to them. They've never taken the time to cultivate reviews either from customers or employees. So whatever is out there is just what's out there. And to that point, having someone who owns that brand experience in terms of the reviews, it should be someone who has operational and brand authority within the organization who owns that piece. It can't be something that you say, well, our social media company takes care of that, or our web guy, he responds to Google reviews. That is a very dangerous attitude. Yeah. It needs to be someone who can respond respectfully and consistently both to positive reviews and to negative reviews. I actually have a whole script about how to deal with negative reviews. If you want that script, connect with me on LinkedIn, Daisy McCarty. I will send you my step-by-step -step script for how to deal with negative Google reviews about your business. Absolutely. And like you said, it's got to be a brand advocate. So our in-house social media person manages a number of our clients' brand accounts, and she is excellent at navigating that because she is a brand advocate because it's her job to sound like the company to understand the heartbeat and to really pay attention to what the market is saying so it can be a person outside of the company but the, you're right they have to be in the right point of view in the right role and what they represent to your company to be able to do that and that takes me into the prospect experience because those reviews what they're seeing about your social media what they're seeing on your website that starts the experience so let's say that you're doing a good job and now they've applied and so now they're engaging with the tools how was that was it frustrating did it take them days to get back to you know did it take them days before they heard a response what did they feel about how you treated them during the process. This is huge. They are believing every micro decision that you are making about how quickly you get back and what you're doing inside of the recruitment in the interview process. So for me, this is just like, you know, imagining choreographing the prospect experience, choreographing a customer experience, same type of thinking, choreographing the talent prospect experience. It should be something that really builds excitement over time instead of dragging out and causing anxiety because that's, that's the worst part of being in the trying to find a job cycle is yeah. not knowing. So good communication, let people know what's going on. People appreciate a clear no as much as a clear yes a lot of the time. So making sure that, again, 
your brand is out there. People can leave reviews for you on social media, whether they're an employee or not. You need to understand that even people you don't end up hiring are impacted by your choices in your talent recruiting pipeline. Absolutely. And this is a great place, again, just like in marketing, for automation, for automatic responses. If there's any possible way where you can connect your tools and create some transparency for candidates to understand where they are and how your process works, it's so exciting. Now, if you are employing hourly employees, there are great tools out there that do create automation. And you guys, you have to remember, this is expensive stuff. So investing in streamlining and up-leveling your process reduces employee churn and can help you get talent faster and more aligned with who you are and what impact you need them to have on the business. So, I mean, one of our clients, Appy here, is one of those where it's an hourly employee platform that just lays on top of their system and automates friction. And it's just shocking what that small investment does for a return on investment. But, but really, it's just an example of how appropriate attention to this can dramatically change a paradigm about, oh, there's just not good people out there. Not true. Take responsibility and accountability for your partnership in that with the people that you need and that deserve to work for you. By this point, you guys have figured out that both Daisy and I are chief marketing officers, but what you might not realize is there's a whole team of us at the Marketing Blender, and we also have outsourced marketing teams. So if you're curious about how we break revenue plateaus, how we untangle sticky messaging, and how we make sure to drive exciting return on investment and profitable growth, check us out at themarketingblender.com. But it's not just for mid-market companies. We've also figured out how to scale it down for small businesses too. The Marketing Blender Lab is our program just for small businesses looking to hit their first million in revenue. You still get to work with a real chief marketing officer, and we use the same structures and systems that work to grow big businesses to help you meet and exceed your goals. So again, if you're interested, check out themarketingblender.com. See you there. And I'd like to add one thing about the power of automation. When you have systems like that in place that remove the friction, that streamline processes, you're also going to be able to identify touch points where people are at their emotionally most satisfied, and you know when to ask for reviews. Love that. Love that. That halo effect that's happening. Oh, so good. So good. So then the other thing is a lot of people just dump tons and tons of money into Indeed or name whatever resume platform you want to. It doesn't matter. But in marketing, we think about an ecosystem. And so, yes, you need to measure the return on investment of every single individual thing that you're doing. But at the end of the day, it's about what's that total ecosystem doing in order to attract the right people to you and then to get them to say yes to you throughout the interview process. So you should have a hiring ecosystem as well, not just putting all of your eggs in one single basket. You'll find that if you invest in other places, social media, even paid media, you will amplify and probably get more ROI out of your traditional recruiting platforms than you would if you're not attracting or, or implementing and leveraging some of the other quote unquote free things that are already in your ecosystem. One thing I'd like to close with is understanding what is the promise that you're making to your talent? 
think it's important to be very, very clear on that because that's the thing that you should be communicating on all of these platforms at every touch point, every job description that you create, your careers page on your website. You need to have something that you are helping them do in their life. You know, there has to be a vision or a desired end state that you're helping them to reach. Oh, so true. And I always want to encourage people, be thoughtful about that onboarding, right? Thoughtful onboarding gifts are amazing. What does the first week look like? First six weeks look like? First six months look like? Any ability to organize that is amazingly impactful for the culture, for that person, and also for reducing employee churn. There's some really remarkable statistics that I cannot remember off the top of my head, but about the the employee's onboarding experience being absolutely critical to the longevity and the loyalty that they feel towards the company. So that initial. And then they, they're additive to the culture. And we all know good cultures are more profitable businesses. And you don't want to be bringing people on that are disillusioned just like that right? You want people that when they're coming on, their excitement then pours back into everything that you've been trying to build. And so your seasoned people are like, yeah, and they're excited. And it just creates this really amazing thing that continues to make your brand promise to your internal customers, as well as your external customers. So true. And just such a part of what you believe and what you deliver to the world in large. As you can tell, marketing to your talent pool is a fairly complicated undertaking. There's a lot of moving parts. There are a lot of personas to communicate to, a lot of platforms that you can be using. And this is one of the reasons we advocate for taking a marketing approach to how you communicate with future employees. Because trying to have HR take on that kind of monumental task in addition to everything they already work so hard to do well is a problem. Absolutely. It's just a virtuous cycle and a really great partnership to get more out of both departments and just reiterate what you're doing. And just as a reminder, anytime you're talking about branding, you're talking about your core values, your mission, your vision. So there is this beautiful continuous cycle about what you stand for and then simply applying those same principles in other places of your business. So you guys, I hope you found this helpful. Um, you heard about Daisy's resource. We're gonna have a few others in the show notes, so make sure that you check those out. And as always, we love you for subscribing. Please fill out the comments, let us know what you want to hear, but definitely hit that subscribe button so that we can keep bringing you this kind of content. Thanks you guys. See you next week. Onward and upward.